For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. CHN Radio, episode 175. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. Give me a follow at NUFC underscore Greg. We are, our streak of points has now ended. Uh, and we'll talk more about that. Well, not really, because like, who really wants to talk about that match? Uh, and we'll talk about some news, and then we'll preview our weekday match Friday, coming up against Leicester. So, without further ado, let's bring in the reason why we're all here today. That's the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. How are you, my dear sir? Yeah, um, you know, we're out here alive and well. Um, you know, I, I can't complain. Uh, it, w- it was actually, there was a social media blackout. It was actually quite nice to not have the pressure of, like, firing off bangers uh, for tweets on a, during the Newcastle match. But I actually had better tweets from my personal account than I've had from the Newcastle account. Uh, mainly because I was talking about the protests and just my thoughts on it. But, like, that's not important. The important thing is that I had a good a good uh, match day on Twitter. So, the, shout mm-hmm. out to me. Um, yeah, and if you want to follow me, follow me at Elijah underscore Newsome. Uh, follow Greg at NUFC underscore Greg. Uh, and then follow the Coming Home Newcastle account at Coming Home NUFC and follow the podcast account at CHN underscore podcast. And shout out to all the moms out there. Uh, y'all the real MVP. Mother's Day is coming up. So it's it's when this comes out, it'll be Wednesday. Prime two-day delivery. You'll get it by Friday. So just putting that out there, guys. Uh, also, if you're looking at floral arrangements, go ahead and call a florist. Go local. You'll better chance you can actually get something done and it'll look cool and won't be generic. So just throwing that out there for all the, the folks, all the people with moms and grandmothers. Yes. Uh, a lot. You always can count on Elijah to make sure that your familiar familial needs are met. Um, so we'll, we'll stay tuned for next week for any other surprises on how to raise a family uh, by Elijah Newsom. Oh, don't, okay. don't, don't come to me for that. <laughs> Do not. Uh, let's get into this match. Not a ton that we're going to dive into here, but Newcastle United lose to Arsenal 2-0. And what I described as not one moment was I excited to be awake. Uh, Elijah, any comments on that? Uh, I, I was, I honestly was a little bit grateful for the protests, the Manchester United protests, because I would have, 
I would have gouged my eyes out having to continue to watch that. So, like, at first I was annoyed, but then it, like, when they cut back to the Newcastle match, I was like, yo, this kind of sucks. And then they cut back to the protest, and I was like, all right, this is a, this is interesting. At least, like, I have something to be mad at. Like, I couldn't even be mad at the Newcastle match because, like, my expectations were so low after the opening, like, 15 minutes that I was like, I mean, I don't have any expectations for them to – perform better than they are now so i can't even be upset so i don't know i don't know if that made sense but that's where i was yep yeah uh it was it, it, you know we just can't score against arsenal i don't know what it is it's 570 minutes since we scored and that was kieran clark in 2018 approaching three years since we've scored against arsenal uh in that time arsenal scored 14 against us not typically a good thing. Um, so we see the struggles that we had on our end of the pitch. Well, the same guy who always does the thing against us, Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang. He didn't have much problems doing that. Um, he And of course, I always feel like, do you always feel like he's always coming off of the injury again and then plays Newcastle? This is his first game back and then he scores or something? I feel like I that think, happened earlier this year, too. I was like, Yeah, I mean, again? I think if you ask Arsenal fans, him and Lacazette are always coming off of injuries. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, like, it, it not surprising. Uh, a little surprising being at a Lacazette signing, but I, I'm, I'm just going to go out on limb and say he's probably injured. So, uh, yeah. there's that. Yeah, Aubameyang has scored three goals against Newcastle this season and now five consecutive matches against Newcastle he scored. So it seems to be working out for him. Um, yeah, two, the, we'll just mention the two goals, and then we can go into other stuff. But the first one, it was five minutes in, did not take long. Um, it was started by Luis, who passed it to Hector Bellerin. Um, on the right-hand side, and he pulled back his cross to the front post where Aubameyang was, um, and he made – he attempted a shot first, but it was deflection off of Fernandez, and it diverted the ball to Mohamed Elani. And then his shot was, like, kind of across Martin Dubrovka, and then, like, he got a hand on it, but he was unable to prevent it from, like – getting into the back of the net. So like it was his first premier league goal in 66 matches, uh, Egyptian midfielder. And he, uh, apparently paid tribute to Gunners coach, Steve round for extra shooting practice and training from that. And he was part of Sam Allardyce's staff at Newcastle. Fun fact. Uh, uh, and there it is one, nothing Newcastle. Any thoughts on the nice five minutes that we were tied with arsenal the, the, the one el nini like it's not like he doesn't score he just he scored in pretty much every other competition multiple goals like europa league i don't know if he's played champion i'm gonna maybe champion i don't know i think we'll, say it. we'll just say yeah well. like and he champions league qualifying we'll say that sure uh <laughs> and and uh obviously the cups so like it's just it's just kind of crazy it was honestly a little bit like unbelievable that this was his first premier league goal because we've seen him score bangers and goal, just goals of all variety, but particularly bangers in Europe. Uh, so it's it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, and he scored a banger. Like the, the commentator was like, maybe Dubrovka could have done better. And I'm like, I mean, he got a hand on it. But again, like it was a deflection that fell like 
to the feet and the player took a volley from outside the box, which like, I, I mean, I don't know. He, he couldn't have hit that sweeter. Uh, so like, again, frustrating. I think the most frustrating part about this, and I kind of maybe later on in the match saw why this happened, but the over-the-top ball to Bellerin, Bellerin was wide open, which doesn't make any sense that a fullback would be wide open, like, behind your defense in a back five. Uh, but then I saw later on, there was, a, there was a moment in time where Newcastle were down and Matt Ritchie tracked back, like, from, I don't know, from being going forward. And ran to the middle of the pitch. And I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I guess I don't know why he's doing this, but like, I guess he's closing down and like tries to close down whoever had the ball. Just they literally like did not get a tackle in at all. Follows the guy across the field. Mind you, like Jacob Murphy and Fernandez, like that whole side, they didn't go forward. They were still back. Like it was very dumb. Uh, And so there was just like, in imbalance in the formation because Matt Ritchie just decided, oh, I'm not going to play left wing back anymore. I'm going to follow a man across the field to where my defense is already set up fine to shut down the move. And I was like, I 100% that's probably I have to go look at the goal again. But I could imagine that Matt Ritchie was just not anywhere near the ball or, or where he was supposed to be when the Bellerin uh, over the top ball came down. So anyway, uh, yeah, that was my thoughts on that goal. It, it happened, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you're talking about wide open space. That was pretty much the match. Like Arsenal had all the room to play in this one. And the second goal was that it was, it was Odegaard. He sprinted out wide to Martinelli. He, he was just absolutely wide open. Nobody there on the left-hand side with him. And, Aubameyang was running back post completely unmarked. Like, what is going on? Uh, that's what I thought to myself. I knew it was going to be a goal as soon as I saw how oh, much yeah. space he had. And I looked in the box. I was like, oh, no one's marking Aubameyang, so this is over. And, of course, like, it was a really precise cross. And it was, like, the most Aubameyang of goals. Like, that's how he scores all of his goals, just like that. Um, so, 2 nothing. That's it. Uh, do you have any, like, wisdom or thoughts before we move on from this, because there's really there's nothing positive that happened with Newcastle United in this one. Yeah, all time howler. Oh, and Cher got a red. Yeah, all time howler from Mike Dean. Just Shaka uh, had a, a deserving yellow card early on against Allen St. Maxman. Had a couple very questionable instances and just never got booked for the second yellow. Miggy's first, Miggy's yellow that he got, uh, like definitely looked worse than it was, but just shouldn't have been a yellow like he missed the person and the ball all together like I think <laughs> at the end of it like his heel clipped like the toe of whoever he tackled and they made a, a big fuss of it it might have been Ceballos maybe uh it was either Ceballos or Martinelli one of them I think it was Ceballos made a big fuss of it uh but yeah and, and then Fabian Cher it was good to see him back but I mean I don't think that's a red i think it's a yellow i was honestly surprised that when var checked it they didn't switch it to a yellow um i could easily see newcastle peeling that and uh share getting that reduced to a yellow because it just like it just wasn't a red like it, it was a bad tackle reckless and i think he goes in studs up but it just wasn't a red in my opinion uh so yeah i mean it's uh it's interesting um like, obviously, the joke is, like, Newcastle didn't have Joe Willock to come off the bench, but it's not really a joke. Like, like Newcastle <laughs> tactically have looked pretty, like, 
meh the past few matches and have been saved by substitutions in the past few matches. Like you think about Alan T. Maxman uh, with Burnley, uh, like j- like he came on and transformed the match. Nothing Newcastle did really uh, tactically. There were some tactical shifts, but overall, like Newcastle have been like this. They've started off very slow, and then you kind of have a, a glimmer of hope knowing that you have impactful pieces off the bench. So, you know, there's that. Greg, this is a quick question for you. We've got, what, f- four games left, 12 possible points, yeah. uh, nine-point gap with Fulham. What are your thoughts? Like, are Newcastle safe? Are they close to safe? Like, what What are your thoughts? Yeah, like, well, from a <laughs> – the, the asshole answer is no, technically they're not safe. Uh, <laughs> but the Greg answer is, yeah, we're safe. I don't – think that I mean Fulham now is again at the same position they were last week if if we win they have to win out and that means beating us also and we play Sheffield United (laughs) so uh, it's pretty much it's like yeah I think we're safe yeah and their goal differential dropped as well I mean I'm not gonna say Newcastle's goal differentials I think I think we're still uh let me see well, like they, they've, it's they don't have that goal differential advantage anymore. I don't think. No, no, we were tied as of last week, and I can't remember what their final score was. I think theirs was. Yeah, we're both tied at minus. Yeah, because they had a wow. Uh, they played Chelsea right, and Hivert had a had a a brace, so uh, that came out of left field. Yeah, <laughs> like and no one was expecting it. Uh yeah, so it's. I mean, yeah, it's uh, someone also brought up this point on Twitter uh, that um, the, the thing is like you do like people bring up how we caught Brighton during the championship season for the title. But again, a title race and like the like when you are the top of the table, like it really is a like you can't make a mistake. You're expected to win out. And that's what happened with Brighton. Like they made a mistake and they did not win out. Uh, when you're at the bottom of the table, the odds are heavily stacked against you. Like neither one of these teams, except for maybe Newcastle against Sheffield, are favored in any match down the road. So it's yeah. like odds are you get into the final two matches and it's like a nine point still or or you know, maybe it's six and Newcastle have the opportunity to draw and make it interesting or something. Like you know, like draw and like kind of make it mathematically impossible for Fulham to catch them. But for now, it's just like, you're like, it's, it's a tough ask for Fulham who have been in absolutely putrid form. Yeah. I mean, if we win four in a row, like if, if we win, if we win, then Fulham has to win. Like at Fulham, if we win this match against Leicester, let's just say, and Fulham doesn't win, we're, we're like, we're safe. Like yeah, I mean, essentially, essentially Newcastle, and again, it's the 40-point number, but realistically, Newcastle need to win one more match, mm-hmm. and they're fairly safe. No, again, I think we will be. If we win one Oh, more, yeah, sorry, sorry. They will be safe. We'll be and that's, yes. Uh, and so you hope that that's going to be against Sheffield. Oh, wins. no, that's a lie. So technically, if we win one match, Fulham and Fulham won their match then we still technically wouldn't be mathematically safe but if we win and fulham doesn't win then we will be safe yeah 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's, that's it's for weird. this week's scenario at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a strange feeling of disappointment, but there, the worry hasn't sat in yet. It'll be a different story if Fulham were to somehow win this weekend, because I don't think anyone in Newcastle is expecting us to beat Leicester. So I, I would pencil that in as like we in this week went 36 points. Um, especially Fulham as Leicester plays Burnley. On yeah. So it'll be a lot of squeaky bum time until then. Maybe Burnley, Burnley gets it done. Burnley, Southampton, Manchester United, and us. That's who they have left. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Um, going to some quotes. Steve Bruce said, we're disappointed because we haven't gotten near the performance of late. Arsenal played well. It's a poor goal after four minutes. Uh, when you're chasing against three lads, it's always di- going to be difficult. Arsenal were the better side today. It was as simple as that. Um, he didn't really say much else. Uh, on Fabian Chair, he did say, the way it is at the moment and the rules are, there's no tackles anymore. I don't think it deserves a red. Maybe it's a yellow. Is it dangerous? Not really. We're playing Arsenal, so you have to get into them. <laughs> When that stops it, it becomes very difficult. I have sympathy for Fabian Cher. He tried to win the tackle, maybe a yellow card, but certainly not a red. That's that. Um, it is our third loss to Arsenal in 2021. It's our seventh straight loss to Arsenal in all competitions. Um, since our 0-0 draw at St. James's Park in August of 2011, We've conceded at least once to Arsenal in all 18 league and cup meetings. Yeah. We've lost all but one of those games. Um, Fabian Cher became the third Newcastle United player to be dismissed this season in the Premier League. Elijah, who are the other two? Oh, uh, man. Okay. Uh... Both of them received two yellows. Oh, Ryan Fraser's one of them. That one yep. was hilarious. Way to Sheffield United. Oh, man, was the other one Shelby? No. No, it wasn't. He it wasn't it right. though. Was it Isaac Hayden? No. Jeff Hendrick. Yes, yes. Southampton at home. Yeah, that's when he got dropped into oblivion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he haven't seen him since. Well. Yeah. Um, so he just, uh, so one thing about Cher, he was on the field for 18 minutes before he got his red card. Um, uh, the shortest time that a Newcastle player has ever been on the field before getting a straight red is 18 minutes by Fabian Cher. The next one is Keith Gillespie, 27 minutes against Arsenal, um, in May of 1997. So congrats to Fabian Chair for making history the fastest player minutes-wise to ever get sent off in a match for Newcastle. Okay, let's do some stats. XG, it's not going to be fun, but we'll just do it anyway. <laughs> um, for Newcastle, versus, we had 0.17 expected goals. <laughs> To Arsenal's 1.79. So, yeah, two to nothing is what they're saying. Elijah, any guess on who had the highest expected goals for Newcastle? The number was uh, 0.08. <laughs> I 
think Alan St. Maxwell had a shot on target. Yeah, there it yeah. is. There it is. Uh, 0.08 is is the most. Uh, Matt Ritchie was the person who passed it to him. He got 0.09 for that assist. And that was it. Um, okay. Going to some more stats. Arsenal had 83% of the chances. They had 19 shots to R5, five on target to R1. They, they had seven passes within 20 yards of goal. We had zero. And our PPDA was not good. We had we allowed 29 passes in our half without ever challenging the ball to Arsenal's 12. Um, and we are expected to get 0.2 points to Arsenal's 2.65. That is that. Going to 538. 538 just projects how the season's going to go. We were just talking about this a little earlier, but just to hear uh, our relegation percentage, it really dropped down after the run we went on. And now I can say, oh, sorry, went to the wrong link. Now I can say we are still in a very good spot as there's a 2% chance that we get relegated. Uh, they have us finishing with 40 points. We're currently sitting at, at 36. So they, so 538 projecting that we'll get four more points through our final four games. Um, I'm assuming most of those will come between Sheffield United and Fulham. Um, and that will put us at 40. Uh, they think Fulham will finish at 32. So they think Fulham will get five more points than what they have now, but still be eight points behind us. So Fulham with a 90, 96% chance of getting relegated. Uh, Newcastle with a 2% chance of getting relegated. Technically still... Well, Sheffield's obviously relegated. West Brom, Fulham, Newcastle, Burnley, Brighton, Crystal Palace, and Southampton all technically could still get relegated, but the chances are extremely small. Um, it is now um, unfortunate with sad news to report that Newcastle United cannot, it is not possible for them to finish in the top 10. Official. Big, t- tough news for us. Well, I, I mean, now, 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 now. Let's... Uh... Let's not rule out the possibility of a points reduction. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. So there could be a points reduction. <laughs> uh, who do you got for no worst player? There's uh, no, like, no. There, there's, uh, like, I don't know. Dude, okay, everyone's stuck. There's only one player that got a seven or higher due to who scored, and it's Alan St. Maximum. Oh, wow. Seven Shocked. Point seven. Shocked. Nobody else. Yeah, you know who, who almost got a seven? Sean Longstaff. Okay. I mean, cool. Well, yeah. John yeah. Joe Shelby, uh, he, oh, yeah. Yeah. John Joe Shelby got a 5.9. <laughs> the only person worse than him is Fabian Chair. Uh, all right. Well, you want to take a break and talk about some fun stuff on the other side? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's take a break right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. What up? We don't even have news to share with the people today, do we? We just have, like, general news. Yeah, yeah, nothing crazy. The biggest news is what happened during the Newcastle match. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll uh, just to update on youth team stuff, uh, U18's loss, and the, uh, and that's it. Oh, also, there is the one kind of fun story. So um, 
It's, uh, I think it's Hebron Town is how you pronounce it. They beat Consett three to two in an all Northern League tie for the FA Vays final. So it was in Wembley, no fans, but it was four ex Newcastle Academy players played for Hebron Town. Uh, Amar Purewall, Michael Richardson, Darren Lowe, and Lewis Story. They, their effort and their knowledge from Newcastle's Academy, the finest academy there ever was, uh, allowed Hebron Town to win the FA Vase final. Um, so congrats to, to them. Sure. <laughs> All right, Elijah, what happened during the match? And like, like, I, and I'm assuming this happened in England, but you just, I just don't know. Like, so at least just describe it. Like what happened for American viewers. Uh, wonderful time. <laughs> yeah. I think her name's Rebecca Lowe. Like yeah. out of nowhere, just typical boring Newcastle crap. And she just goes, we have to interrupt this broadcast. Breaking news. There's hundreds of Manchester United fans on the field in Old Trafford. We're going to send it to Arlo White. And then Arlo White's just like describing the scene. And he's just like, all these fans have entered the field. And there's, and, and she was like, well, what about the stewards? And he's like, there's only like six stewards. And they're just like letting the fans do whatever they want on the field. <laughs> and like, there was one guy who uh, he appeared multiple times. Uh, he was very keen on being on the field uh, who threw the camera equipment and broke the stuff and blah, blah, blah. Um, the funniest things were like there was plenty of of player like that players uh, fans who stormed the field that were kicking soccer balls uh, and uh, into the net and taking the warm up balls and uh, a lot of them were just like honestly more excited to be on the field at Old Trafford but this was a part of a bigger collection of protests that actually people have known about and talked about. Um, for since like la- like I guess the the, pre- the week before the Sunday before there was always uh, rumor and speculation uh, and not even speculation just very public knowledge there was going to be planned protests um, outside the team hotel and then outside of the stadium with thousands of Manchester United fans um, especially with restrictions and stuff being lifted in the UK and then just people being mad and it's the Glazers and Manchester United so that's always a tense relationship um, mm-hmm. and you know, so there was plenty of time to prepare for this. I, I mean, there was the stewards did not seem uh, prepared for people to come in. They stormed the stadium twice. Uh, police came on scene an hour later. But the biggest story of the day is that it it interrupted the Newcastle Arsenal match, and a lot of people were upset about this. Um, and uh, yeah, that that occurred. Greg, I know you were. You were you were upset because main. I think you were upset because you had to wake up at six in the morning. Yeah, the, the match started at six a.m. and the whole time I was sitting there like, "This is miserable. Why am I awake?" Uh, like I literally, I was like, literally, I was wishing I was unconscious mm. rather than enjoying my life. Um, and then that came on. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, like now I have to watch these just dickheads, just a bunch of white dudes running on a field with their hand. Like you see like part of their ass crack. Most of them just <laughs> like, what is like, are you serious? Like they're not even doing anything. They're all just like walking on the covered seats, just yelling and putting their hands in the air. It's like they weren't accomplishing literally anything. And I was just like, this is so frustrating. Cause then uh, they cut the audio of the Newcastle match. I was like, I can't believe I'm <laughs> the funniest thing about them cutting the audio to the Newcastle match was that like, 
there were no legitimate because of the social media blackout there was no updates so they were yeah. just repeating the same thing and i think so there's a couple things it was on for well, how many minutes do you think oh um we it came no more than that because it came on like we were probably what 15 20 ish minutes into the match when that happened yeah and they did not stop coverage of that until halftime during yeah. halftime oh, they I, did yeah. a quick five minutes on That's newcastle right. and then because well, I mean, in fairness there was literally nothing to talk about in the newcastle <laughs> arsenal match and then they came back and then, like, for, like, five minutes, the game started. And then the fans just stormed it again. So then they went back to the split screen for probably about 25 to 30 minutes of the second half. Because by the time they cut back to the Newcastle Arsenal broadcast, there was it was, like, the 80th minute. It was, like, the 75th or 80th minute. So um, the majority of that match was – I have no idea what the commentators were saying. Uh, and I don't think that they knew that, that, uh, that they were not – because, I mean, I honestly – I would have – not said anything yeah uh, if, like if i didn't have to work because they were not showing my broadcast internationally then i wouldn't um yeah. but so a couple things so the the robbies the nbc sports guys were just very like offended that these fans invaded the stadium uh and they were like you know and and i think it irks me when people tell other people how to protest they're just like this is not the right way to protest and the issue with that is that there is no right way to protest. Protesting inherently is supposed to make people feel uncomfortable because the uncomfortableness is what draws attention to the issue. That is inherently what a protest is supposed to do. You don't do a protest that's unoffensive. Uh, and even when people talk about unoffensive protests, it's different for everyone. Um, one thing that is always you know, talked about in America is everyone glorifies civil rights leaders in the movement because it was a nonviolent movement. Um, and there was nonviolent protesting. And we look at that today and we're like, wow, that is how you protest. Like, look at them, sit-ins, everything, blah, blah, blah. This was like extremely hated in America's in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And it, like into the 80s, people to this day do not like the protests that occurred during the civil rights movement. They're like, it's inconvenient. And these were just marches and sit-ins and stuff like that. The the pinnacle, the what we, we picture as like the perfect protest. And it was controversial at the time martin luther king at one time was voted well, we're going hated. down a crazy rabbit hole here just yeah stop. i'm just talking about just protests in general but it's like he's voted <laughs> as like one of the most hated men in america for leading a nonviolent protest movement so when people criticize protests of any kind it just irks me because it's like what do you want them to do like just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean it's not the right way to protest and then to call like a manchester united protest when fans uh literally just walk around in the stadium and not really do much and say that it's not peaceful is ridiculous because there is nothing violent about a bunch of guys with their butt crack showing kicking goals into a, a soccer net you can say that it's ineffective in your opinion but to say that it's not a peaceful protest is ridiculous yeah i'd so, love if uh, and of course the most on-brand thing ever is rio ferdinand uh, and if yes. you don't know, the guy who said that Newcastle fans should drum their money up and buy the club from Mike Ashley uh, went on air to talk about how disgraceful the ownership of the Glazers are and that they should sell the club. Um, and and, so, he, and uh, of course, like, and they just, uh, that just thrown in his face where he's like, because he, he was like, he'd said like, they should be grateful that Mike Ashley has spent like 20 million pounds on McGavro and he said that. And uh, everyone's like, you should be grateful that they spent a hundred million pounds on Paul Pogba. Like, yeah. uh, and, okay. So we'll and here's my final thing to say this because this, this did go viral. 
uh, a good friend of the program, SoCal Jordy. I didn't agree with this tweet, so I had to mention it. Uh, and it did it did a lot of numbers. And this is just like how we tie this back into Newcastle, besides the fact that this occurred during Newcastle match. It says, I'm back to say this. The split coverage of Maine United protests is a massive disrespect to Newcastle on two fronts. We're forced to have it on during our match. Two, none of our own protesters have had this much coverage, and we've been screaming out about our shit owner for years. Okay, first and foremost is breaking news so like this happens all the time like i don't know it's very american to just ruin sporting events with news it just happens um two like newcastle fans have never had a protest that has been organized in the numbers of the thousands for the ashley era like the closest we've gotten is ashley out signs and things like that and that does get talked about but the last four years have just been a bunch of failed protests no one's talking about the sit-in versus man city where there was like eight guys like no one's talking about that no one's talking about you standing around with picket signs outside of a sports direct not even near the stadium like this was a invasion of the stadium coupled with thousands of fans marching outside of the stadium that has not happened so i mean i understand people being upset that this got a lot of coverage but again what newcastle protest has warranted any sort of coverage to this degree? Uh, all I have to say is, Glaziers, uh, our podcast is called CHN Radio. If you want to come on and talk about how it, how you could buy Newcastle United, we're always open to be here to, to air that out. Uh, we'd be happy to have you as our owner. Oh, yes. I definitely think that if, if the Glazers sold Manchester United and said they wanted to buy Newcastle United – you wouldn't hear a peep from Newcastle fans. They would, oh my gosh. Would be pumped. <laughs> it, it, I mean, like, and it's it's obvious, it's just so, like, this the same Newcastle fan base who three years ago complained about Man City oil money, and they're now geeked about Saudi Arabia. So it's like, it's, I don't know. Anyway, that was enough of that. The protests happened, whatever. The game got delayed. That's the whole, that's the story. It got postponed wild that it took so long for it to give a postpone um, yeah. also wild that like there were seven police officers that they sent to deal with a crowd of 150 when it's just like the opposite in the states where it's like yeah. they'll send 12 police officers to send the, to deal with one drunk homeless guy in america yeah uh we have now demo ba is a free agent yeah Will full odds and ends player yeah done elijah All said right. it yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, better, better uh, than FIFA or in real life. Like, uh, I mean, we can't sign him right now, but like, it, if you're giving Andy Carroll a contract, you might as well give Dimba Ba a contract. I'll just put it like that. At least Dimba Ba is going to be available the entire year. Like, he's not going to be injured for ninety percent of the year. So, yeah. um, other thing is they're starting to see more supporters presence in board meetings. Uh, the NUFC trust has gotten a lot of press from what they're doing and getting more involved with the club, but Chelsea is actually putting supporters in their board meetings. Elijah, any comments on that? Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty Good. straightforward. Uh, it's just, uh, they're putting them in there. They're allowed to sit in. I'm guessing they get feedback, but it's not going to be anything important. They, can, they don't have voting rights. They can't, they can't be in discussions about players or transfers or budgets or, or anything important. So it's it's a good gesture, and I'm sure it it's completely meant well by Chelsea, but it's a little bit blown out of proportion. People are talking about how this is a massive step in the right direction when 
in reality, it's what most other uh, clubs already have is some sort of fan relation council where you just kind of bounce ideas off of fan groups and try to work with them to make the match day experience wonderful. Um, yeah. So there you go. All right. That's it on news. Do you want to go talk about Lester? Oh gosh, we have to, we have to talk about Lester. Okay. <laughs> we do. Oh yes, other new real real quick. Man City suing the Premier League, so they've oh. their Premier League lawyers are very busy right now. They're getting their money. Um, <laughs> so we will take a break. We're going to preview our match on Friday upcoming against Leicester. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hey, 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 let's get three points. Leicester, third place. Newcastle, 18th. Sorry, 17th. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's preview it. So, cool things on this one. Um, Leicester doesn't have well they have so james justin's out harvey barnes is out and west morgan's doubtful that's pretty much all it's working with um but he th- so their fans are mad at brendan rogers because uh they dropped points in their last match so <laughs> man just different levels these two clubs yeah. um so he had to explain why a fixture pile up was the cause for them having to drop points. Um, so phew, just things are on fire in Leicester sitting in third place. Uh, so for Newcastle, obviously Isaac Hayden, Jamal LaSalle, Carl Darlow, Ryan Fraser, and Fabian Shah are out. Um, what do you think the lineup will look like, Mr. Elijah Newsom? It'll probably be the exact same starting lineup we saw. I mean, there's really not much you can. Only thing I would say is Willick. Do you think Willick would start? I mean, sure. Like, I mean, I think you have to start him, but I mean, I, I mean, I, it's it's going to be. Un- I wouldn't say it's going to be unfortunate, but it is going to be unfortunate because what's going to happen is uh, John Joe Shelby is is now the captain of Newcastle United. Uh, it's it's bizarre, but he. Like he's not going to get dropped. Like so, um, and even like you could you could throw all the advanced analytics, all the stats, all the player ratings in the face of Steve Bruce, and that doesn't matter to him because John Joe Shelby has Premier League experience. He's a proven winner. He's played with some of the biggest clubs, and he he's a he's a respected person in the dressing room. So he's not getting dropped. Uh, so it'll be if they, if anything changes, it could be a Willock for long staff situation. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, uh, ugh, I mean, yeah, it's nothing. Not after outside of that, I don't think anything else will uh, will change. Yeah. So, so what do you think is the biggest get here for Newcastle? Like, what do we need to do to win to beat Leicester? Um, what would what would, what kind of performance would we have to put in? Honestly, I think you're at a point where you just need to figure out kind of I wouldn't say figure out but I think what's been the bread and butter for Newcastle scoring recently is definitely just crossing the ball in uh there's been a lot of especially before like and again it seems like Newcastle don't cross the ball before the 75th minute um for some reason because like a lot of the time it's a lot of players trying to cut inside 
even when the 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 ball is played out wide to a, a, a wing back making the run, like they may cross it in, and it, it, but a lot of times they'll drag it back and and play it back into someone who's making a late run from the midfield or something like. So I don't know why Newcastle aren't crossing the ball in, but uh, you have a better chance probably of scoring uh, crossing the ball in um, just because Callum Wilson's so good in the air that I feel like it doesn't hurt to keep swinging him crosses. Uh, it just makes sense. It's kind of what Atlanta United did with Joseph Martinez for years. Just, just keep, keep delivering crosses and like three or four of those will be shots on target and one or two of those might be goals. So I think that's kind of the play here for Newcastle. You're not going to beat Lester on the counter because Lester is going to try to beat you on the counter. So Mm -hmm. if they're going to give you space and time, uh, I can't remember who did this earlier to us. Uh, it might have been Tottenham who just allowed, yeah, allowed us to a ton of width. Take advantage of that and cross the ball. I yeah. don't know if Lester's going to do what Tottenham did and just give us the wide spaces and dare us to cross the ball. But if they do, Jacob Murphy and Matt Ritchie are probably our two best crossing players on the pitch. So, sure, let them cross the ball. I yeah. don't care. Yeah, uh, so I – yeah, the, the biggest things for here, like if we're not beating, I mean, Diddy and Yuri Tielemans are just, I mean, Jamie Vardy too, but uh, if we can't contain them, we will not win. And I don't think we can contain them. That's that's our biggest <laughs> issue. Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of good that Barnes is going to be out, but they still have Inacio, Vardy, and Didi. Telemans. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, Perea, Madison. I mean, they're just, yeah, this good luck to us. Let's get to some predictions, uh, unless there's anything else you want to say. I'll say this uh, everyone who's uh, another, who's basically my big six report, su- supporting friends, especially the Chelsea ones, are very much like in the boat of, Lester always in, is in this position at the end of the season of Champions League place, and they always choke it away. So, except for the one time they didn't, yeah, except for the you know the one time they won the prem, uh, that also happened. Um, but but like, I'm not going to say that this could be a Lester choke job, but I would be happy to be wrong about a Lester choke job because I told him I was like, there's no way Lester chokes this away, blah blah blah. But I would be happy if they choked it away against Newcastle. That'd be cool if they just like gifted us a win, like a like a one nothing, like just at the end of the match we get a penalty win. I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, is that your prediction? Sure. Yeah, one nothing Newcastle. Uh, Leicester just choke it away. Choke it. Ch- yeah. Yeah. Uh, duh. Well, uh, he could be off the pitch. Newcastle will be stupid to sub Callum Wilson. Oh, well, like they, it's not, but Callum Wilson scored like so many goals in extra time that it's actually ridiculous. Like if you would take him off the pitch for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can just go full meta and go Joe Willick, uh, subbed off the bench, one nothing winner. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, 538 says Lester has a 70% chance to win. 20% 20% chance of a draw and a 10% chance of a Newcastle win. The only club that has a smaller chance to win their match uh, this weekend is Southampton has an 8% chance to beat Liverpool. Uh, 
Um, that's it. But that does not Liverpool or not. They they're it's probably because it, it's at Liverpool. That's okay. Yeah, five thirty eight. Did they watch Newcastle play Liverpool? Like, <laughs> yeah, but what does Southampton do against those teams? They get seven and nine scored on them. <laughs> fair, fair. They, yeah, it doesn't help that they did get they. Yeah, that. that yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that that's uh, oh, my prediction uh, is is Leicester two zero. Um, I think they'll pretty much do exactly what Arsenal did to us. That would be my prediction. Um, Elijah, anything else here? No, uh, it's it's good to good to be talking some footy. Yeah, four games left. Let's get at least three more. If we get three points, then Fulham has to beat Burnley this weekend, or we're safe. Yep. So it will know on Friday what we would need to do. Uh, so let's let's hope for that. Um, that concludes episode 175, CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsom. Let's get three points on Friday. We'll see you later, and hoi the lads. Love you guys. If I make a few quick bob, it's cold up there in summer. It's like sitting inside a fridge. But I wish I was on the case side, looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody. To live in Geordie land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle Wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker Who stands at Phoenix door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before I love the Geordie heroes There's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park In the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I've walked the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitting her way. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll pray of
the dog is in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm